everyone has got a story to tell and every person in this world will be an interesting encounter and if mm. if they weren't you just didn't dig deep enough you know like exactly, yeah. um and i think um i think that's really the key that i realized traveling is that like every encounter was enriching and if it wasn't it was it was my fault because i really didn't get to know the person well enough welcome you're listening to the young changemakers podcast in these episodes your co-hosts sarah george and anastasia will be talking to passionate young individuals from around the world to explore how they are making lasting impact in their local communities So cozy up, listen in, because inspiring stories are waiting to be heard and power lies within youth. Okay, so Simon, um, it's terrific to have you on the Young Changemakers podcast. Um, I've been itching to get a hold of you for a while now and um, yeah, terrific to finally get a hold of you and um, yeah, welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for for having me. I'm excited. I've been I'm a big fan of the podcast myself. Listen to a lot of episodes, and uh, um, I'm happy to be a guest today. It's uh, it's fun. <laughs> so Simon, you're a, a filmmaker, photographer, and environmentalist. What do you think it is about nature that's, that's drawn you in and and played such a big part in 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 your life? <laughs> I guess it's it's a lot of things actually. Um, I mean, I guess there's a few people who don't, or at least I assume, who don't love nature. Like, I mean, it's a great place to be at. Uh, it gives you calm. It just lets your thoughts pass. And um, this is a, such an inspiring place as well. And I guess I have a really strong connection to nature in general because I, I also grew up in the black forest um so on on the countryside in a small village with like a nature reserve 200 like meters from my door so it wasn't it was like my playground as a child and i used to go there almost like three times a week or four times a week as a child and go mountain biking running playing in the woods and i guess when your connection to nature is so strongly established as a child, you, you it just becomes, um, yeah, like um, a part of you, and then you like uh, you can't get away from it anymore. So yeah, that's. I can definitely when, um, yeah. Once you're connected, I can definitely agree with that. I grew up on a um a farm here in Australia, and um, was a bit of a wild child. I think growing up and then, you know, you're, you're immediately constrained um, to, to have to put on a school uniform and go to school and, and do that sort of stuff. But I guess as we get older, we still always have that um, that desire to get back to nature and keep exploring even when we're adults. So, Simon, um, when, when did you first sort of become involved in GCM and how did you um, hear about uh, GCM and get invited to the summit? So I guess it was pretty much, it was pretty, pretty early. I, um, I, I mean, there's, there's been a bit of a, um, a story before that, like in, I, I went to the GCM summit in 2010, but I also, so, um, joined, um, 
expedition to New Zealand, a youth program um, in 2009 with like a South African explorer called Mike Horn, um, who like organized a youth program to let young people um, discover the beauty of our world and become nature ambassadors. But I was like, I was like 14, 15 years old at the time. And for me, like the whole world was so big and it was my first flight and it was just like insane. And um, what I really realized at that age also was that, you know, like he really made sure or the crew really made sure to tell us that like, if you set your mind to something, um, you can really uh, achieve it. And it's like a, a concept that's been foreign to me before uh, uh, doing this whole trip. And so when I came came back from this expedition to New Zealand, I had a whole new mindset on the world basically. And then I found out about the Global Change Makers program and online. And like, well, before I probably would never have applied because I thought I'm just a kid from the Black Forest. Then actually I had the self-confidence to be like, yeah, actually maybe I could make it. And then I applied and got in. And I mean, it was like the most insane, especially when you're so young, you know, and then you go to London and then like, there's all these people from around the world and they're like so fun. I, I remember, I think it was like the least amount of sleep hours i got in like in a week ever like <laughs> i remember us hanging out until like 4 a.m every night with gcm because the days were like not enough and then we just hang out in the evenings and then wake up at six for like the next day and it was just like, the summit was incredible i think it's been one of the best memories um which which summit did you join or um yeah no definitely i was there in um 2019 and that was the last um, summit before before um, COVID, so we were able to do it all together as well um, in Switzerland. And um, yeah, you're spot on. It's such a such a memorable week for me as well. Like, I think the main reason being that you've got sixty young, energetic, positive, vibrant people all together for one week, and it's just like this amazing uh, melting pot of cultures. Um, all in the one um, one spot for a whole week to learn and share and live and breathe each other's passions and uh, motivations to to create positive change. Um, so Simon, going back to your so you you fell in love with nature at a at a young age, and what I'd like to just ask you now is, were you also aware of like the um, the effects of global warming and climate change, and the the collapse of of nature and and those sort of issues at, at, at that young age? Um, I think I was, I think like as a child, I don't know, like I was always interested in injustice and I found it incredibly unfair how the world um, like is set up in a way and like how some people are born in rich countries and some are not and some are better off and worse. And, and I, um, I was really more into like, yeah, projects with with people in the beginning, um, and then later on, I basically found out that it's like so connected that like nature is the source of um, what we need to sustain humanity as well, and um, that 
climate change is probably the, or not just probably, but is certainly the, the biggest threat uh, to humankind. And um, there can't be a just world without solving or, or I mean, solving or preventing climate change as much as we still can. And um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's through time that I found out how, how, uh, when you're young you still think it's like one category and this is a mm. category and you realize like the world's connected and everything is kind of related so yeah i think there's there's something powerful about um understanding that at, at a young age to understand that you know there are imbalances in nature and in our social justice systems but then to to go on at a young age and then in this leads nicely to your your um in 2012, you founded um, Pangea Project. Um, would you mind now sharing a bit more about that, Simon, and and what it, it aims to achieve? So yeah, that was Pangea was basically based off um, our our project with with this the Pangea Project was like a four year circumnavigation of the world uh, by Mike Horn to to sail around the world, take youth on board, and uh, make them become ambassadors for nature and i was i was a part of that and really inspired to pass on this message so me and the group of other alumni from this network we set out um and we also like the program mixed so also some gcms joined pangea later on nice. after our summit so it's all uh, it's all came together in the end um so so all of us who were at pangea we we set up an association or a nonprofit to to basically inspire youth to protect nature. And um, we traveled a lot to, to Serbia for many years to, to like organize eco camps and uh, like take school children to national parks and inspire them about their local, um, local wildlife and nature. And it's just been such a rewarding journey because you start something, uh, it was like 2012 we had our first project and then like in the second year you get the alumni to help you and you really see how like it multiplies and more people join mm -hmm. um but then we also realized that um basically it's not it's not really sustainable for us a lot of us were from switzerland and from germany um to try and set up everything in serbia because it's still far away so we realized we needed to go more local because we realized it's the only way to create something truly sustainable. And um, that's why we started another youth program in the Black Forest, like the Black Forest Young Explorers program in 2015. And um, with a similar concept, 16 people join us for one week uh, to explore the national park and uh, we educate them about photography about sustainability about wildlife and then they go out to become multipliers and ambassadors and um, this program's been uh, growing so strongly and since everyone is like locally connected it's not just like you need to like fly somewhere or take a long train ride to see your friends but like you they're always like two hours max from each sure, other sure. and and it's just we've 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 created a community of over like 100 like youth ambassadors now for the black forest wow. and the community keeps gr growing every year and it's like we meet up five times a year and it's like such a strong community of young people who want to do something 
and and everyone has their own projects and it's just really emerged over the years and it was yeah. it was great to to start this back in 2013 and then have this like learning curve over over the years incredible so simon what what's the sort of what type of kids and and youth are actually getting engaged in in your camps and I mean, do they have a thirst and um, a real interest in nature to begin with, or are you are you finding that you're developing that through these immersive experiences? So, um, it, the 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 camp that we organise is for free, so anyone from any background can apply. They don't have to pay for it, um, and it's for young people between sixteen and nineteen years, and uh, basically. Um, it's really diverse again um, mm. because we um, we have some people who are really tech interested who want to like learn everything about the latest cameras and how to capture um, and then other people who are like the activist kind of type who are like we need to like go change the world and climate change and like the, the, those kinds yeah, of people yeah. and then other people who are just like I just want to hang out in nature and do sports and um, since everyone is like a single individual and they all come to this one place together for, for like one week. You all start on the, like a common ground. No, you know, nobody knows anyone. Mm. And then you get taken out of your comfort zone. You have to like wake up every morning at six and like hike for 40 kilometers in the forest. And like, we push these people to the limits and that's also where they bond um, mm -hmm. as people and like become friends because they, they, they go out of their comfort zone. They, they push themselves and then they they i mean they grow as humans and, and become friends and then it doesn't matter why you joined the camp in the first place because you all leave with the same intention after afterwards basically wow that sounds it sounds incredible and i think yeah there is something about bringing people together in in uh you know whether it be the black forest or um, a remote place or somewhere where they might be a bit out of their comfort zone, that really starts to shape those closer bonds. I know in um, at the the GCM summit in 2019, we were in um, this this place called Hertzberg on this this um, mountain in Switzerland. It was just phenomenal. Like from me from Australia, I'm not used to the the mountains much at all. So being able to just arrive in Switzerland and then meet everyone on this in this incredible environment was phenomenal and it really did i don't know it brought us everyone um together and created such strong bonds in a, in a short amount of time um so simon yeah it's actually just two hours from my place uh Hertzberg. <laughs> so, oh no yeah, way it's really close yeah i i i was at the summit in 20 16 as well to, to film a little bit it's really sure. it's really not far from my place actually <laughs> oh you're, you're yeah. pretty lucky to have that on your doorstep so that um <laughs> the pangaea project sounded like it was a real success and then you said that that's gone on to projects have been developed in in brazil and also south africa can you explain a bit more about that um yeah we also did um that um I mean, that was also in the early early days. The the project in South Africa was also like a strong um, community from the alumni network. Basically, um, also lives in South Africa, so we organized a few youth programs there in in Port Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. um, 
we organized excursions uh, to the beach and yeah but that was that was back in in 2013 i was like also at the early stage of Pangea, and then um just in 2017 um we organized a a tree planting project with an ngo in in brazil um who bought like a massive um piece of land to turn it back into a nature reserve so um that was also a great um yeah like basically it needed now the ngo is like has grown enormously over the last three years but it needed the start and that's where we collaborated with them to like kick off the project and um and and plant some trees um and and for like and work on the farm but I mean, these projects have been great, but I honestly must say it's it's part of the learning curve. It's um, we it's not the solution to to travel so far um, mm-hmm. to do something. We need to do more local stuff. I think we've we've all we've all been meaning well always, but um, it's it's not it's not the right thing to fly fly somewhere. To, I think you can start at your home, and and I'm. Uh, yeah, I've become more and more aware of this, and I think, mm-hmm. especially <laughs> you mentioned climate change earlier. It's like, and, and I mean, this NGO is doing great now with local people, and I think we need to focus. And I, f- I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a traveler at heart. I travel like all the time, but I also um, realize and and try for myself to become a slow traveler, which I think is just as exciting mm-hmm. as like dead setting, you know, and then. Maybe like, yeah, I just take trains around Europe and it takes a bit more time, but it also is more immersive into the local culture and stuff. So I think we just need to get used to like, yeah, um, traveling slowly. And I have some friends who went to South America by by boat as well and stuff. So I think, yeah, that's nice. that's the way to go. And, and, and yeah, so yeah, those projects have been great, but they've also been a learning curve to maybe start start local better than fly somewhere far to do something no that that definitely rings true i think the the old saying of um think global and act local definitely makes a lot of sense um since uh, the aftermath of covid now we we realize that you know it's not always quite viable to jet off around the world but um rather a lot of these projects and um action can be can start now in backyards but um so Simon, your your fascination with the natural world has led you to become quite a well-renowned uh, photographer and filmmaker. What would you say has been your most enjoyable sort of experience or encounter with with nature through through your work? Um, I mean, there's been there's been been lots of it. Um, I think it's it's hard to say there's like this one single experience um but i i think i mean i would i mean i've I've really i really had so many nice nice encounters like um, we once i went i shot um i shot a documentary like for for three years with greenpeace about um the impact of climate change on indigenous communities around the world and we we also traveled to the to the Amazon rainforest and stayed with the Mehinaku uh, tribe for uh, some weeks, and that was definitely like one of the most intense experience to to live with like uh, like such a 
traditional and grounded and nature connected group of people who like go fishing in the morning and they obviously they're not like completely far into the modern world they have like motorbikes and the satellite and like some some computers and stuff but they're still kind of managing the balance well um between between like accepting modern life and making making use of the modern technology to improve their life but also keeping the roots in their traditional lifestyle their source to nature their sustainable methods to sustain the forest to live and they they just have so many great methods in terms of harvesting and and agriculture they would like go plant somewhere and then leave the forest to grow for 50 years and then they move somewhere else and wow. they just have such a nice and intact way of living with nature that's like and I think the world or our, I mean, our society starts to realize that there's so much experience in these communities that we really need to start learning from them because mm -hmm. they've been like living sustainable for, for years and centuries. And we just, we just need to start learning from them. And I think the Western world is also kind of realizing that now, luckily that we need to start, um, yeah, learning more from them. It's, it's, and, and that was just, you know, uh, really great to, so, to go wake up at 6 a.m. and go fishing with them. And yeah. <laughs> that, that must have been a phenomenal experience. Like, but I just, I'm just curious, what was their sort of um, perception of, of, you know, of yourself and um, and a film crew coming in? And uh, I guess they're, they're aware of the impacts and, and the land clearing in Brazil. Or was it in Brazil? Yeah, it was in Brazil. Yeah. So yeah, what was their um, response to, to you guys coming in? And and did you explain your sort of motives? Yeah, I mean, first of all, they do have tons of issues at hand. Like they have the, the, the problem is they are in a nature reserve and it's protected. There's no deforestation in that specific reserve sure. because it's they're 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 making sure. But the everything else around it has been cut. So they're living in this last place and then Obviously, there's agriculture north and south, and the rivers are poisoned uh, with agricultural waste. From the runoff, so they yeah. their fresh water their, their fresh water basically um, is becomes less and less drinkable and stuff. So they're they're faced with all of these these problems. And I mean, if you think about it, the Mahinaku people have been like they've met the first kind of like. They, they they haven't had any contact to the outside world until 1990 so that was like 30 years ago wow and they were telling us stories about how their grandfather and and some we, we met some people who still were alive who like were were there when they had the first encounters and stuff and sure, such sure. i mean it's it's a it's a crazy crazy to think about it right like that they were just living completely by themselves as a community for like most of the time did you find that they were yeah. um because it sounds like i mean i haven't been to the amazon or, or met the indigenous tribes that that i can imagine there could be similarities to the indigenous australians um where they're a lot more connected to to nature and they know they're very intact with with um the environment they're living in but they're also highly family orientated and they've got strong 
you know, thousands of, of years of culture embedded amongst that. Did you notice more of a kind of a family um, and community orientated living um, philosophy, I guess, amongst the that those tribes there? Yeah, I mean, most certainly they uh, they had like big celebrations uh, every every day and like or not every day but like uh, every week and um, all of these traditional fest fests and stuff and then and then also they actually one of the one person in the tribe also died uh, while we were there so the whole Jeez. the entire village was basically on on like. Um, grief for a few mm. days like nobody did anything and nobody was like yeah it was just like complete so they really yeah i think it, like the entire village was basically one one community wow so with with that project with greenpeace like um did you find were you comp um were you happy with the outcome in, in the film there that you created i mean was it was it a success yeah yeah, totally. It was. I mean, it's always the question: what what does success mean? Um, yeah. I, um, I mean, the the results we captured were mostly sad. I mean, it was it was for sure a really crazy project. We um, we spent more than I think two months in the in the Amazon with uh, at different places, and um, obviously we saw a lot of destruction like a lot of deforestation that's mostly caused by um the us and um us europeans mostly uh, through our incredibly huge consumption of, of meat uh, which requires all the um all the deforestation but um we also had a, a great great time getting to know the, the the indigenous people the mehinaku tribe that we lived with and um we were able to learn so much from them you know they live they live so much in touch with nature and they they really connected and they they go fishing in the morning and there's so much like our society can learn from them because they've always been living in harmony with nature they've really lived a sustainable lifestyle to not take more from the forest than they give back and stuff so they would always move their base and let other forests regrow and stuff and it's just it's just such a sustainable way that they're living and mm. um and our film i hope was able to raise some awareness and to get people's attention it's also um yeah it's um it must have been difficult to go into um you know a completely new environment for you and then try and pick up uh you know and share the story of of this particular tribe did they end up um you know communicating their message or or their their point of view in the in that um in that short film for greenpeace yeah we we did a lot of interviews and um there's one particular interview that's always really <laughs> funny when you think about it from our perspective um it's like um the we asked we asked one of the old men in the in the tribe um what he wishes for the future mm. and then and then he said what do you mean by the future yeah and it, it was just that 
he doesn't really think in the terms of past, present, and future like we do. But for wow. him, it was more about the present. So, um, you know, you come there with your mindset, and you like, and what do you wish for the future? Like, what are your yeah. wishes? And he's like, what is? What do you mean by future? I'm, I'm just here. Wow. It's like. And for him, it was very hard to imagine this term to, to think about because they are more, I think, very living in, in the present, I guess, sure. and thinking about tomorrow, but not about like in two years or something, <laughs> whatever's going to happen. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's why the the work that you're doing there is quite important to to share that they're living and their philosophy there in, in the Amazon. And you know, the decisions we make at the purchasing habits we make are having a direct impact on those communities. Um, I know, yeah, the, the commercial beef industry in Brazil is having a huge, huge devastation um, with land clearing there. Um, Simon, what would you think is your sort of your next major goal or endeavours um, in terms of your your film and um, photography. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned. I think I mentioned this earlier uh, in this podcast, but I I just started a, a new nonprofit called Wild Europe. Um, basically, like one month ago, with two friends, and uh, we're going to set out and um, really capture the most beautiful places all across Europe. We want to show people in Europe that. Um, it's beautiful here that you can travel locally by train to some of the most beautiful nature reserves in Europe and you don't have to like fly far to mm. um, to like Thailand or to the Amazon jungle to really experience like wild nature. And those protected areas in Europe, they are a threat. Mm. We have the last ancient beach forests in Romania that are currently being, being cut down by IKEA and other wood brands. Mm. Um, and if we don't do anything about it and if we don't find a way to create sustainable tourism to these regions they'll be exploited and um, our we see our task in showcasing the beauty of these places making people realize what we're what we're losing out if we destroy mm. it and inspiring people to to travel to value and to appreciate what we have here um, because we still have some really pristine beautiful like protected wild landscapes in europe but they're very few and if we don't do something about it they'll they'll be gone as well and then europe will just be like an urbanized Definitely. like continent with some some few left and like, i guess that's why you have a particular focus um and really trying to engage, you know, younger generations on on the importance of preser- preserving our natural environment through photography in particular. And I think, yeah, being able to slow down and the, the physical action of looking through lens and you know taking time to to value and have solitude in in the natural environment is a lot of um yeah must be a lot of good that comes from that. And um, so, Simon, moving on to my next question, um, what would be some sort of uh, advice or, or wisdom you could share with, with another young, motivated um, change maker looking to, I don't know, start a new project or share, share their work that they're doing? 
I mean, maybe this sounds uh, a bit cheesy, but it's actually kind of true. Like, um, I've been told very early in my life from a few people that were really successful that, uh, I don't know if you know the book, The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. It's it's pretty famous. A lot of people oh, yeah, have read I've it. Heard of that book, yeah. But uh, it says, it has a very simple message. It says, if you really, really want something, um, the whole universe will help you in um, achieving it. We will conspire in helping you to achieve it. Mm. And, um, and it's just, it's just so true. Like I've set my, my mind to gold that I, I thought of unthinkable when I was like 15 years old. And then mm. I just started dreaming big and, and started to make things happen that I wouldn't have dreamed of. And I see that with a lot of people, I think it's, it's really about owning and like, representing what you stand for and what what you want to achieve and then once you've started the journey people will join you and it, and it will just eventually happen like i've seen so many great success stories of people who just and i've experienced myself that if you just really believe in yourself and you go for it you you can really do anything mm. and i think you can see that through people you know the people i've um had discussions with on this podcast um, I can tell that they're, they're extremely committed to their cause and they're genuine about what they're doing. Um, and they, they sacrifice a lot, I guess, in their personal lives and, you know, to keep fighting for what they, what they believe in. And um, yeah, once, once they make that commitment, sort of all the barriers and hoops tend to get out of their way, so to speak. Um, and, and they build a big, community around them to, to fight for what they believe in. Um, so Simon. Yeah, I think that, that just um, the community just builds itself once you're a leader and like people see your ins- inspiration, they'll jump on board and be like, I want to want to be part of this. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So we talked a bit about, I want to go back to um, the concept of like reducing our emissions and, you know, reducing flying around the world and going to the idea of slower travel. What, what's your thought on that? And um, how do you think you can improve your, um, your sustainable way of traveling? Yeah, I think the biggest realization I've made, I mean, I've been really fortunate to travel to a ton of places, which I think is also something really valuable and um something I shouldn't take for granted. But I've also realized that it's not, you know, it's like, especially as a filmmaker, you get like so many requests to fly there and then be there a few days later and then go to that location and stuff. And you just find yourself jet setting from like country to country and not even realizing, take a moment to breathe and stop Mm. and see the beauty. And I've realized that it's sometimes just way better to to take a moment and to just slow down really and i mean i just i just traveled to south of italy um for a film project last month and maybe two years ago i mean it really required me only to be there for a week mm-hmm. but i said you know i'm already there why should i not just stay for like five weeks yeah. and I ended up living in southern Italy for like five weeks and it was just so much more rewarding if you like yeah take your time because once you're already there 
you're already there and like and also i love taking the trains to to to, to travel more slowly by land and stuff and like slowing down helps you experience it more the distances and stuff so i've, I've actually become a fan of slow travel also because it's enriched my life personally so i think it's, it's a win for mm. the environment and for yourself certainly and i guess when you're in these um environments and you're you're trying to um you know create a certain type of film or or capture that image it really must um take a lot of patience um on your behalf and what sort of do you have any like um certain techniques or or way of doing things to be able to pick up i don't know certain um whether it's through like people's body language or or motives how do you capture that through film i think um a film is really i mean the camera is really just the tool to to capture a story or a person but i think it's incredibly important to to connect with your protagonists in the first place like i need to become friends with someone in order to be able to like portray them properly and i think sure. it's really it's really about connecting with a person in the first place and then and then just like capturing how they really are you know and i think you can only do that when you know yeah, how they right. are yeah. And you must have to kind of be be able to build up a certain level of trust and connection like you're saying with with the the person you're you're filming before you can um represent their authentic selves through film. And I always involve the people in the editing process as well so they have a say um on it that makes them you know that then you can be more relaxed about it and you can go back and and see if you're represented well and stuff and it's just it's more about working together than just doing your thing you know you it's like something you create uh, together basically wow and um what's one of the most sort of memorable experiences you've had or cultures you've interacted with other than that experience in um in the amazon does any does I mean, one, there's been yeah you've had a, had a fair few I can imagine yeah I think um I I've there's been there's been a lot I would say but I've also um yeah I think it's hard to put them next to each other and say which one was the most memorable because there's just mm. so many valuable moments and I I'm more figured that like wherever you go and whoever you meet like everyone has got a story to tell and every person in this world will be an interesting encounter and if mm. if they weren't you just didn't dig deep enough you know like exactly, yeah. um then i think um i think that's really the key that i realized traveling is that like every encounter was enriching and if it wasn't it was it was my fault because i really didn't get to know the person well enough because every every person has a story yeah well yeah i remember i was traveling um in in vanuatu once with my brothers and there was this filmmaker there and he was he was making this film um like a recreation of shakespeare but with this um this tribe on this island called tana um it's quite a remote island and there's this um volcano there that's one of the most accessible 
uh, volcanoes in the world. So you can literally go up to the edge of the volcano and look down through and see, see um, it erupt. But um, they, they were filming that there and then the actual um, local tribe, when they went to present them with um, the recordings and the editing process, they actually couldn't believe that they were seeing themselves because they'd never, they'd never even seen themselves in a reflection or in a mirror before because they don't have any TVs or, or screens there. So just hearing that, um, I found that quite amazing that there's still, you know, people out there who, who don't know what it's like to even and see this sort of technology. Um, have, have you had something similar in your, your experiences of film? Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, people always love it when you show them, um, show them their and they're the movie pictures. stars. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, and 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 it's always it's always fun. Like you know, I I usually I'm also really active filmmaker, so I I run around with a gimbal or like I chase people on the on a run or I like I try to create emotion. Like so, when when you play like tag or something like you would just run yeah. after people and capture their emotions and then everyone's sure. like so hyped and then and then you look at the camera and like 50 people gather around you and you're like can yeah. i see can i see and yeah. everyone wants to see on this tiny small screen <laughs> what it looks like um so so yeah i mean it's always fun to it that's also a an icebreak or a bridge builders to actually show people what you capture because you yeah you're sharing it um so I, yeah, I tend to do that often. <laughs> Incredible. Well, it sounds to me that you obviously have a deep, you know, passion and enthusiasm for what you do, and and part of that must be the connecting with people in different cultures. Simon, have you ever had um, a close encounter with with wildlife, or what's been one of the more memorable experiences with with animals, or when you're in nature? You said you've been to Africa, and I've. <laughs> My own experiences is um, obviously sometimes you get a bit too close to the, the wildlife there. I mean, I haven't had really a, a dangerous moment or something, but I feel like, I mean, the most memorable moments or the nicest ones were certainly the ones when I was by myself. You know, when you're a group of people, it's always like an imbalance. You're like, the free people in a safari car versus like uh, the animal but i think it was mostly like in the black forest or also in i think in, in south africa when i was just like out on runs from by myself hmm. and then and then i would like encounter a deer or you know and then it would just be like the two of us <laughs> looking at each other and yeah, that's trying to work each other out <laughs> yeah like you're like it's you and me nobody else here you know and then you're like it, it's it's kind of a really on eye level encounter so um so those are the ones i appreciate the most yeah yeah definitely yeah it must it's a bit different um when you're on foot you know you're seeing an animal in, in almost in its natural state not in a zoo or or in a safari park it, it's it's a lot more raw and, and real i think so I guess that's also so important about why what you're doing. Um, you're trying to share the importance of preserving our, our wildlife and the abundance of nature. So, Simon, um, 
that's probably all we've got for for today but i really thank you for taking the time to sit down and have a chat with me on the young change makers podcast yeah thank you so much for for having me here hey thank you so much for listening to this episode remember to help us create a greater impact by sharing this and encouraging everyone on your social media to take a listen if you want to reach out you can contact the host via podcast at global-changemakers.net or feel free to message us on instagram at global changemakers and twitter at we are gcm we'll be very happy to talk to you and answer any questions Remember to follow us and subscribe to this podcast. See you in the next episode. Take care.